Thank you. You may be seen unless you celebrate a birthday or an anniversary. We'd like to recognize you. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. Man, what beautiful weather, huh? God is so good to us. Uh, the only thing that make it better is about a foot of snow. But anyhow, uh, it is good to be in the Lord's house. We have a few things from the bulletin I'd like to point out. We start missions conference Wednesday night. And so we're excited about a missions conference. We have real live missionaries going to be here with us and uh, excited to have them. Uh, we'll meet at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and then Saturday evening at 5.30 will be our international banquet. Uh, excited about that. It's always a great time. Uh, every evening that you come, we'll have a dessert available from a couple of different uh, countries, uh, and so uh, that'll be an experience. So you get to enjoy a dessert after uh, the service, and then the international banquet's always a big deal. Uh, lots of good food, encourage you to plan uh, to be a part of that. And then hopefully you're praying about what the Lord lets you do for the cause of missions this up and coming year. Also, we have outreach scheduled on March the 2nd. And so that'll be this coming Saturday at 9 o'clock. And if you can come out and help with that, that'd be great. It's going to be a beautiful day. Uh, teen cleaning will be March the 9th, the following Saturday. Uh, Glory Bound's going to be with us March the 16th. And uh, they're going to, uh, that's a Saturday night. They're going to come in and hold a concert for us, if you would, about an hour and a half. Uh, bring your favorite dessert. We'll have a good time of fellowship then. And then I'll turn around and be singing for us uh, during Sunday school time on the 17th. And so I encourage you to uh, get that in your calendar. College Day is coming up March the 20th through the 22nd. Uh, youth Rally at uh, Faith Baptist on the 22nd at 6th. Uh, there's a cost there for the teens and uh, man camp, the 22nd through the 23rd. And so those weekends right there just really packed with lots of activities. Uh, mark those down. Take advantage of those that you can attend. From our prayer needs, ask that you remember to continue to pray for all these that are listed here. Uh, in particular, if you would um, remember to pray for Deborah Benson. She's recuperating from her surgery. And uh, so if you would um, pray for her. Uh, pray for baby Miles. He made it home. Praise God. We want him to stay healthy and uh, continue to grow. So just continue to pray for him. Uh, pray for Paul Durham. Uh, the Durham's come, set to the back. Uh, he's battling uh, with some uh, cancer uh, and uh, kidney issues. Uh, he's been hospitalized uh, this week. And so if you would pray for Brother Paul. He used to pastor uh, for a number of years, and uh, just a good brother, and uh, they actually uh, moved back here so they could see their grandkids in church, and uh, just really love and appreciate them. So if you would, remember to pray uh, for Paul and his wife. I know they'd appreciate the prayers. It's good to be together today. Brother Marcus is sick, so uh, his class will stay in uh, with us today, and uh, in here in, in uh, Brother Foster's class, so you can make that adjustment when we get ready to break uh, for classes. So, Brother Foster, if you come, lead us. But stand once again. We'll sing hymn number 205, first and the last verses of He Keeps Me Singing. Hymn number 205.
All right, we started a new series in here on the Apostle Paul. Uh, we started in chapter number, or lesson number one, I should say. And we're going to finish that up today and then probably get to lesson two. So we have two handouts available. If you still have one, pull that out. We'll go through that. If you need number one, you can raise your hand. If you need number two, maybe raise your left hand. So if you've got both hands up, he knows to give you both. And while you're waiting on that, we'll be in the book of Acts, obviously. Book of Acts, chapter number 9. All right, while they're handing that out, I'll give a little background of where we've started in this lesson. And we, we know Paul, the Apostle Paul, very well. If we've been a student of the Word of God for any length of time, obviously we know uh, much about him and his testimony and his life. And uh, this serves as just a reminder and maybe a, a help us to understand how we ought to extend the grace of God uh, towards people uh, and understand what God can do in the life of a person. Uh, Paul here, as we see the title of lesson number one, the persecutor turned preacher. Uh, so Paul, in essence, was an enemy of the gospel, an enemy of what God was trying to do in redeeming mankind back to him. Uh, Paul, however, thought that all that he was doing was for good. He was uh, very much associated with the Jewish law and uh, very much uh, aligned himself with it and defended it and anything that opposed their tradition, uh, what they felt to be right, and he was uh, all about um, going after that and even to the point of uh, killing those Christians that were opposed to what the Jews were teaching in that day. So let's find ourselves here in Acts chapter 9, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1, and a story we're very familiar with. Uh, let's see what the Lord might have for us here in it. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, speaking of the Christian way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven." And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Is it, hard, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. So as I mentioned just a moment ago, we understand his background and that he's defending the Jewish religion. And he's all about uh, 
eradicating or eliminating this, this uh, Christianity that is uh, coming about here and, and what Jesus is preaching and what is being declared and the, the souls that are being saved. So uh, his, his tradition is steeped in this Jewish religion. And he has a, a deep passion for it, a deep longing for it, and that passion drives him to defend it. And that's exactly what he does, and he's, his tradition is found in his religion, and as he seeks to defend it, then as a result, he's persecuting then the believers. We're just going to quickly go through what we went through a couple of weeks ago and bring us up to the point where we need to be. So he had a great passion for the religion that he was brought up in, and he was about persecuting the Christian believers, because they opposed what he had been raised to believe. So this was Saul's tradition. But then here, what we just read in Acts chapter 9, the miraculous transformation of Saul, his transformation as he heard the voice of the Lord in verses 3 through 7. And for any of us that have been saved, we understand that there is a calling of the Holy Ghost in our life. The Holy Spirit begins to work on our heart, and that drawing is there. Uh, helping us to understand that we're lost and on our way to a devil's hell without the Lord Jesus Christ and His saving grace in our life. So Paul, on the road to Damascus, boy, he's met with, with a confrontation here of exactly the wrong that he has been doing. Uh, and the Lord points it out, why persecutest thou me? And immediately, any doubt that Paul had in his mind about what he was doing, uh, that, that fear, you can just imagine the fear, the over, overwhelming burden then upon him that he realizes that what he's been doing, the passion that he had, it's all been wrong. It's all been for naught. And he's confronted here by the Lord. He heard the voice of the Lord, and he understood who it was because he called him Lord. Who art thou? Lord? He knew who he was, but he's just confirming it was the Lord. So we heard the voice of the Lord on the road to Damascus. And as he heard the voice of the Lord, he responded to that voice. And as the Holy Spirit draws men to the point uh, where they understand that they're lost, then it's uh, at that time that the person needs to decide, am I going to listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling me, that I am lost and that I need to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. And thankfully, Paul made the right decision. And he accepted Jesus Christ there on the road to Damascus. So he heard the voice of the Lord. And then we see that he saw the vision of his new mission. So what is his new mission? Well, in verse 6 it says, And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will that have me to do? And that's a good indicator of a salvation testimony. Uh, it's a good indicator that he is now submitted to his Lord, Jesus Christ. And he asked the Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Uh, as we see here, that the Lord doesn't lay out the full plan for Paul right here at that moment. But what does he do? He gives him the next step. And that's the way God works in our life. Oftentimes, he's just showing us the next step. And boy, many of us could testify. We walk through days where we don't understand or what the future holds, and we don't know what it looks like, and we don't know uh, how we should uh, get to the point where we think we should be, but we have to rely on God day by day, trusting Him to guide our steps along the way. And this is uh, what God does here for Paul. He says, He gives him the next step. Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So, if we acknowledge Jesus as Lord, we must put ourselves completely 
at His disposal. We surrender ourselves completely to Him. And we are reminded as we do that, we have some promises that are given to us in the Word of God. And one of those is found in Psalm 37, verse 23, where it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And as we navigate this life, I believe it would be our testimony that we understand we need Jesus uh, to guide our way. We need his wisdom and we need his leadership and all the things that we face in this earthly life that we might have his guidance and his direction. Many verses we looked at uh, that go along with that. We know very well Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Uh, so as Paul here is is surrendering to the Lord. He's accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior, and now he's asking the Lord what he would have him to do. He tells him to go in the city, and it will be told him what he must do. So what is the new mission? Let's continue reading now in verses 10 through 16 of Acts chapter 9. There was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth, and hath seen a vision, in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have, not, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. So we see Ananias understands who Paul was, and he's, he's afraid of him, quite honestly. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I think there's a great lesson for us here in the life of Ananias. Ananias is expressing what probably most all of us Christians would have felt given his position. Saul, the great persecutor of Jesus Christ, the persecutor of Christians, uh, those that would call upon Jesus Christ as their Savior. And now Ananias is being called upon to go to this man and to speak with him and to lay hands on him. I think that most of us would be hesitant uh, but it reminds us that where God extends His grace, we must also extend our grace. Uh, to understand that the work that God can do in the life of an individual. And the, God knew the work that He was doing in the life of Paul. And, and He understood the work that He had for him. So now He's asking Ananias to trust and to follow God's leading in this. So he's, Ananias here, he's a fine example of one who heard the voice of the Lord and he obeyed. He knew Saul was on the way to Damascus to hunt for him and fellow believers, but now he was being told by the Lord to seek Saul out and to minister to him as a new brother. How many of you would volunteer for that duty? <laughs> I think, as I said before, many of us would be hesitant, but this is what we're often faced with in the Christian life. There are those that have uh, been terrible sinners. We're all terrible sinners, every one of us. But we categorize people, and we put people in different uh, areas of our mind or whatever it might be. 
Uh, and if God has extended forgiveness and grace to them, then we must do the same and, and pray that God will do a great and mighty work through them. And this is the heart that uh, God was wanting Ananias to have for Paul. Let's continue reading in verses 17 through 19. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mayest, mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. So what was Saul's new mission? Well, it was simple. Uh, years later, when giving his testimony, he described this calling that God had given him in Acts chapter 26 and verse 18. It was this. This was his mission, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. We can see immediately that Paul understood his mission was to declare the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This gospel immediately impacted uh, Paul. In verse 20 of Acts chapter 9, it says this, And straightway, that means right away, immediately he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. You see, the Jews didn't believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. They didn't believe that He was the Messiah. And now Paul, who was once persecuting those that believed this, is now standing up and declaring that message. Paul told King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. He not only heard God's voice and saw God's vision, but he also responded. And he responded wholeheartedly in obedience. And as he had been zealous against the Lord... From now on, he would be even more zealous for the Lord. <laughs> even as God gave Paul a mission, he has given us the same mission. He's given us uh, this responsibility to be ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. And with this responsibility, we are to share the message of salvation to those who do not know. 2 Corinthians 5.20 tells us, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. So we have the message of reconciliation. We have the gospel. This is what all men need. And this is what God has commissioned the church to go out and to declare to the lost and dying world. And so we have this mission. And we ought to have the same fervency that Paul had to declare it. So we need to be zealous for Christ in fulfilling our mission. So we have Saul's tradition. And then we see his transformation. But let's look now at his testimony. Every one of us who are a Christian have a testimony. We have a testimony for Christ, and we ought to be striving that it would be a good testimony of Jesus Christ and what He would have us to do in our lives. So as believers, our testimony should stand as a proof of the power of the gospel and our salvation through Jesus Christ. As we look at Paul, we can see evidence that his testimony uh, on both the personal and the public levels were that very uh, thing, that they uh, declared his faithfulness and his dedication to the gospel. 
Whether in the synagogue, public gatherings, or in prison cells, his message and testimony were always consistent. This is an incredible example for us today. With humility, yet with conviction, Paul could say, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. So he wholeheartedly followed the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was begging and petitioning as many as he would come in his path to do the same, to follow Jesus Christ with their life. So we see in his testimony his public preaching. So if we would ever consider a person who consistently took advantage of every opportunity to preach the gospel, it was the Apostle Paul. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 20, it says this, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. This was Paul's life. This was his testimony to share Jesus Christ to everyone that God would bring his way. So like Paul, we must take advantage of the opportunities that God has given us to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, every Christian has this responsibility and this privilege to do so. And it's so important that Jesus' final words on earth uh, were this. And we see it in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18 through 20. You know it very well. But it reminds us of what Christ has left us here to do. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, and do what? And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. In Mark 16, 15, we see much the same. And He said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. So we have a great responsibility. As Christ is uh, leaving this earth, He's reminding us, this is your duty. This is what I'm, I've left you here on earth to do. As a saved individual, you are to share what God has done for you in your life. So Saul of Tarsus, a fanatical persecutor of Christians, had been willing to travel to Damascus to find and arrest believers in Christ. Now he was willing to go to far greater distances to increase the number of believers. In Acts chapter 26 and verse 19 it says, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. So Paul truly understood that the gospel message was for everyone and he wanted everyone to hear. He wanted all to have the opportunity to make the right decision for the Lord Jesus Christ. But let's consider our lives. Are we willing to go to the extent that Paul was willing to go to share the gospel message? I'd venture to say that most of us will never travel across continents preaching as Paul did. But we all have unique situations that God has given us and opportunities in our daily lives uh, to, to where we have the opportunity to share the gospel with those that come our way. So we, we must be open to God's leading. We must be willing to share in the public settings that God brings us to, to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel. Jim Elliott, uh, a martyr missionary, was passionate about Christianity, and he journeyed 
uh, journaled many of his thoughts and prayers. In one of them, he addressed his concern about impact. And he wrote, Father, make, me, make of me a crisis man. Bring those I contact to decision. Let me not be a milepost on a single road. Make me a fork that men must turn one way or another on facing Christ in me. Well, that's quite a statement. When people encounter you, are they faced with a decision? They ought to see Christ evidenced in our lives. And as Christ is evidence, then they must make a decision about the Lord Jesus Christ. It should be in the way that we conduct ourselves, uh, the way that we behave, the decisions that we make, the things that we do, and then obviously the things that we say. But the things that we say are all backed up by the things that we do. So he wanted his life to be a, a testimony in such a way that people were confronted with a decision that they had to make about the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul was much the same. Paul was willing to confront pretty much every person that came his way with this message of the gospel and wanted them to uh, be driven to a point where they needed to make a decision. So this was his public preaching. Then we see his personal witnessing. Paul didn't only share the gospel in public venues to famous people. He witnessed of Christ to all with whom he came in contact. In Acts chapter 26 and verse 22 it says this, Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to the small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. So Paul, he ministered to those of all backgrounds. He preached for the Lord in small local environments. He witnessed before rulers and eventually even influenced Caesar's household. And Paul witnessed in whatever situation he found himself. Charles Spurgeon preached to thousands in London each Sunday, yet he started his ministry as a teenager by passing out tracts and teaching his Sunday school class. When he began to give short addresses to the Sunday school, God blessed his ministry of the Word. He was invited to preach in obscure places across the English countryside, and he used every opportunity to honor the Lord. He was faithful in the small things, and God trusted him with greater things. I am perfectly sure, Spurgeon later said, that if I had not been willing to preach to those small gatherings of people in obscure country places, I should never have been the, had the privilege of preaching to thousands of men and women in large buildings all over the land. Remember our Lord's rule, Whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Paul understood this, Spurgeon understood this, and we need to understand it as well. Be faithful in the small things and see what the Lord can do. So you and I may not witness to powerful or influential people, but we can witness to the people that God places in our lives. Whether uh, it's the barber or the beautician or that grocery store clerk, whoever it might be, each venue offers opportunities to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity to hand out tracts. We have the opportunity to go pass out flyers. We have the opportunity to send cards. We have all kinds of opportunities and at our disposal to share the good news. I'd venture to say we have avenues today that, that 
we aren't utilizing. We have the ability, even in our social media, to be an influence for the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that's what the Lord would have us to do with it. We need to be a testimony in all things. So God loves the whole world. Do we believe that? Do we believe the gospel message is for everyone? Do we believe that the lost are truly going to hell? I believe those things, if we truly believe them, would motivate us to be a witness as Paul was driven to be a witness of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone needs to hear the good news. And it's our privilege to tell them of John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then we know Romans 10 and 12 through 15, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. I'm thankful that the salvation is for everyone. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. You know, we read these verses and we understand that salvation is for all. But are there those that you look upon and... You're reluctant or maybe even not willing to share because of their background or maybe the situation they're in. We think possibly they're unredeemable, (laughs) but there's no one unredeemable to the Lord. God loves all, and God wants all men to be saved. Sometimes we can't see the results of our witnessing. We can't see the results of handing out tracts or uh, serving in our church ministries. Sometimes we set... Aside times to share the gospel, but don't see those immediate results. But we can know this. We can have faith and confidence that God is still working through our witness. We understand that the Word of God does not return void. The Word of God does a work. And it is faithful, always faithful to do the work. God is working in hearts. We just need to be faithful to sow the seed. We can know that God is still working through our witness and let us be faithful to use each situation that God puts in our lives to then be that gospel witness to a lost and dying world. So as we see this in lesson one, Saul of Tarsus, a persecutor of the Christians, a blasphemer of Christ, experienced a divine transformation on the road to Damascus. He realized his zealous adherence to the law did not equate to righteousness. So he was trying to work his way to work his way to heaven or to fulfill righteousness. But he understood that all he was doing did not equate to righteousness before God. It was all his filthy rags. Upon his salvation, he became a new creature in Christ. Once a fanatical persecutor of Christians, Paul became a fervent preacher of Christ. So his his experience is a great testimony uh, of the power of God to change lives. Now, Put yourself as a Christian in that day, and you've heard of Paul and and how he's persecuting Christians. Now you're hearing that he has been saved, and he's coming to your church. Who's going to be at the door waiting for him to shake his hand? See, these are real-life examples that we must step back and understand that uh, there's a responsibility for us as Christians. Um... We don't always know the work that God's doing. 
but we must trust that he is working. And we, we aren't about setting people aside. We're about bringing them to Christ. And even a, a Christian that has, has fallen away, we're, about, we're praying for those that have fallen away, aren't we? They're on our prayer list. We want to see them come back to Christ, don't we? That's what the church is all about. We're about bringing people to Christ, whether it's the lost, bringing them to salvation, whether it's a wayward Christian, bringing them back into the fellowship of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our ministry. That's what we're to be about. And no matter what our feelings or our emotions tell us about a situation, if Christ has extended grace to a person and forgiveness to a person, then we are about trying to get them back to Christ, trying to get them back into the right fellowship and a right relationship. So the first question I have to ask as we close out this lesson is, has there been transformation in your own life? Has there been a time when you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? And I would venture to say that most in this room have, if not all. But there should be a point of transformation in your life. There should be a time when you can recall that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you've done that, then secondly, are you faithfully sharing the message of salvation with others? Consider if someone was not faithful to share the message with you, where you would be today. We have many people relying on us in this world for us to be the messenger of hope, to be the bearer of good news. So are you faithfully sharing the message of salvation with others? Knowing the power of the gospel to change someone as hardened as Saul should encourage us to faithfully obey Christ's instruction to share the gospel with everyone and to never quit praying for the salvation of anyone. Boy, there's stories after story we could tell of those that have come from a life of ruin and now are on fire for the Lord serving Him. We can think of many. We can think of those that were bus kids that are now pastors and pastor's wives or missionaries. We just never know what God can do. We can look at an individual and assess that they will never amount to anything. But in God's eyes, through salvation, they can amount to a whole lot. And they can make a difference for this world. So help us to view, my prayer is that we would view others as God views them, and even as Paul viewed them. That a valuable soul to the Lord that needs to be saved, that needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, and needs to be faced with the opportunity to accept Him as their Savior. We won't get to lesson two today. That went a little longer than I thought, so we'll end it there, lesson number one. Heavenly Father, we're thankful today for this testimony that we can look at of the Apostle Paul, but it's really a reflection of what you do in the life of an individual who is fully yielded to Thee. And Father, I pray that every one of us would uh, be surrendered to Your calling upon our life, that we would be a faithful witness in all that we do, and recognize that You've uh, kept us here on this earth for that very purpose to be ministers of reconciliation to the Lord Jesus Christ, to share Jesus Christ with all that you bring in our path. Father, I pray that our lives and our testimony would be such that, uh, as we've heard today, that everyone that we meet would be confronted with a decision to make, whether to accept Christ or to turn from Him. And I pray that our testimony would be such that people would uh, desire to accept Jesus Christ into their life. And Father, I pray that you just guide us and direct us through this series that you would uh, teach us and guide us and 
Remind us of those things that we need to be doing faithfully in our lives as well. I pray now for the service to follow that you'd speak again to our hearts, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you for your attention. We'll meet right back in here at 1030.